Come join the zone on ARUP Friday, August 30th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at ARUP on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. All right, PK, it has happened. Lee Corso has opened the season by predicting the Utes will go to the playoffs. Be a three-seed over fourth-seed at Ohio State. Defeat yeah. second-seed at Clemson. And, yes, the last game of the year will feature Alabama and Utah. That really ticks me off, though, man. How dare he rank them as low as a three-seed? That's a joke. Okay, we'll go with that. It is. Come on, man. With all the talent they got in the program this year, a three-seed, that's awful. Disrespect. If I'm Kyle and I'm looking for a disrespect angle, I just found it right there. There it is. Yeah. Merely a three-seed. Top that. You fans, BYU fans, Aggie fans, whatever fan you want. Go ahead and top that. That is the ultimate disrespect because he, we know he loves the disrespect angle, right? So go ahead and top that. The disrespect angle, they got us as low as a three seed. We got a lot of feedback coming in. You can tweet at us, David DJ James. Grab your phone, use the app, send the audio to Yach. We want to hear from you. What do you think when you hear Lee Corso picking the Utes to the title game? Josh. Didn't he pick Wisconsin last year? And then they lost to BYU? Yep. Super tasty. Because <laughs> you put up on the Facebook page. How tasty is that? Super well, tasty. To, go, to get to the whole enchilada. That is tasty, That's, is it not? That is an enchilada <laughs> with a big old glob of guacamole on top. Just guac, guac, guac. Guac. Hit us up on Facebook. DJ and PK, tweet at me, David DJ James. Grab the app, send us the open mic, or call 855-340-ZONE. <laughs> Scott, that is as yummy as smoked bacon. Now we just have to do it, starting on Thursday. Okay, yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> we have people who send us a bunch of gifts. <laughs> it's just you got you got the the uh, TV characters rolling their eyes, little girls staring at you, the scared look like you are freaking me out. Brian says simply, Corso, put the bottle down, LOL. <laughs> oh, come on. He's the most ser- experienced guy on that show, is he not? Well, that's He true. carries the most weight. Ryan says it's better to be overrated than irrelevant, I guess. Overrated? No one's overrated right now. Because everybody's zero and zero, except for Miami and Arizona. Arizona. (laughs) That doesn't bother bother PK. (laughs) Kevin Sumlin is overrated. Remember what I told you about that? What's all the hype? No recruiting base. There's no hype. It's a coaching (laughs) graveyard. They can hire whoever they want. Urban Meyer ain't walking through that door because he knows it's too hard to recruit to Arizona. Right. Right. I mean, get great in basketball. We all know that. You know, get a couple of guys and away you go. They've built a tradition in basketball for sure. Actually, women's softball, they're really good too. And But in football, not so much. I felt bad because you know, I really like Khalil Tate. I mean, we, he's been on our show twice now. The kid's a great kid. He's exciting as all get out. When he's running on that last play, oh, it's man. an exciting play. Yeah. 
the kid, I love the kid. He, he's what's right about college football. So I find myself rooting for him. Obviously, I don't necessarily root for the U of A, but for the individual, for Khalil Tate, I would. They, that would only. Well, I guess they could have gone for two, uh, but that was an exciting play. He comes up a yard short. It reminded me of the Troy Taylor thing in uh, the Coliseum. He came up a yard short when they were going for two. You know, you never fault a kid for, especially the collegiate level. You never faulted someone for trying to make a play. You know, unless he's throwing into triple coverage, and you you can make a stupid play while still trying to make a play. But that young fellow was trying to make a play, and he came up a yard short. It happens, and it sucks for him. I felt really bad for him, but the Sumlin hire, I just didn't think. Not that it was a bad hire. I just didn't know why it was such a great hire, and everyone was so excited. I didn't see it, and particularly knowing the situation. Same thing with Herm Edwards. I didn't see why it was such a bad hire, although now I don't see why he's getting so much praise for such a fantastic job. I mean, when they went 5-4 and four in a conference. What, what, what fantastic job was with that? They had a senior quarterback for a three-year starter. They had a receiver that they may not have another one that caliber in who knows how many years. And they had a great running back. And they went five and four. Why is that so great? He was ripped, and now he's getting praised. And I, I didn't see either of them. And here, that's the thing about it, is we just we make all these prognostications before, and we have fun with them, and then we see afterward what the as we review it is and for the Utes right now yeah they're getting a ton of praise maybe they don't live up to it but if I'm a Ute fan now I'm loving the praise that I get I mean it, to me it's almost like a no lose unless you went seven and six which I just don't see it I mean I see at worst nine and three which is still a pretty good season so why not revel and bask in the attention because it's not going to come your way all the time I mean look at the three of the four teams that these guys are picked to put in the playoff Clemson Ohio State Alabama it comes (laughs) their way every year blue blood blue blood blue blood this reminds me into it this reminds me uh to an extent of the final four when the Utes were in it. You know, you had Carolina and Kentucky. You talk about literal blue bloods. Both their colors are blue. You knew, and then we were down there in San Antonio that whole week, you really felt that Stanford and Utah fans were just living it up like this was a once-in-a-lifetime experience because it was, and it most likely is. And you felt like Carolina and Kentucky, their fans were subdued because it wasn't a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's almost to the point of an annual experience. And so they weren't going crazy. But everywhere you walked around the Riverwalk and that whole town leading up to that day, you saw Stanford fans and Ute fans just having the time of their lives. Because they doesn't, they don't. That doesn't come around for them. So it's the same thing with this preseason publicity here for Utah. Just wallow in it like the proverbial pig in the mud, because it's not going to come around that much, and it really doesn't even matter if you don't live up to it. The fact that you're getting it now is a whole lot of fun. That's the way I would approach it. I would just revel in it and enjoy it and embrace it because it's good for the program if they go seven and six okay great that's you got me that's a bomb of a season but i just don't see they're going to go worse than nine and three maybe they do i don't see it and if you go nine and three and don't achieve the goal of getting to the rose bowl or maybe even getting to the pac-12 final but you still went nine and three six and three most likely that's still a really good season so if they get all this hype and have a really good season versus getting 
you know, no hype and having a really good season. Kyle always says this is like 80 or 90 percent of this whole deal is recruiting. How, what do, I mean, it's one thing for us and for all the people commuting to work to think about this. I'm just curious how 16 and 17 year olds hear this and if Kyle gets indoors and gets guys he couldn't get before, does he somehow leverage this into something? Or it's hype and it just disappears into the wind in September and October and it won't matter by the time that early signing day rolls around in December. Well, I got a couple of feelings on that. The first is I think more doors are opening every year for Utah. Little by little, more doors are opening. So that's going to happen, right? Uh, Also, I'm not so much worried about the doors opening to these hotshot recruits because I have seen an extended pattern here. It's not a it's not a, I don't know what the word would be. It's To me, it's stronger than a trend. Trend is something pointing in a direction. To me, this is a habit. And Utah has a habit of going and getting kids that nobody holds a parade about. But then two, three years later, you're jumping up and down because a Fotu and an eye, they're anchoring a defensive line that is considered among the best, if not the best in the country. Now, on the other flip side of it, you got... Jalen Johnson, the day Jalen Johnson said he was coming to Utah, I had heard this kid is a difference maker. So he was a big-time recruit. You never really know for sure, but they told us that this kid was going to be something, and he has been something from day one. The flip side of that is, you know, Tuttle was supposed to be all that, and he never plays it down for Utah. So Utah is going to get the recruits, and maybe they get better recruits, they get more star ranking, but they're still going to find a way because they just have an innate ability to find guys and envision where they're going to play and how they're going to play play uh, the best example I think this might literally be the best example of Utah and Kyle and Morgan and these guys seeing something and that would be Cody Barton who was almost to the point of nothing coming out of high school he had a frame that was about it and he had a name he had a last name with the mom and the dad and the older brother and the sister and all that and now they got a younger son I went to the Brighton game on uh, Friday night and the younger kid's a sophomore and his name was called every other play so they saw this kid who was injured most of his high school career and by the time he was done with them he was a third round pick so I have a feeling that their recruiting is going to be just fine, no matter what, no matter what these star rankings say. But I do agree with you, this publicity can only be used as an advantage unless they bomb this season. But do you forecast them bombing this season? Maybe they don't achieve the ultimate goal, but do you still forecast them bombing? No, I forecast them 10-2. and two, And then we were talking about this Sunday night. I think 9-3 and three is more likely than 11-1. and one. But I think all those numbers are in play. And, you know, it'll come down to a couple plays and probably by some, not just by them, but, you know, what plays does another team make? Some kid whose name we don't even know now, for better or worse. Um, And as far as the recruiting thing, I agree with a lot of what you said. They need a breakthrough to a lesser degree at linebacker because they've had good linebackers and, and Cody Barton's a good example, but a receiver. You know, and, and, and Riley was in studio and he said, and you know, Riley knows this because he's running these camps and all the assistant coaches who come through town want background on players. And so they all talk with Riley. 
And Riley is saying that the warm weather schools, especially LA schools, but warm weather schools are crushing the receivers with the negative recruit. Why would you go to Utah and play in all that snow and they don't want to throw the ball and then it's snowing and it's cold and you know, so it's it's pretty much everywhere except Pullman. Uh, you know, can throw that at the Utes. Not that it's all that warm in Eugene and Seattle in November, but, you know, four California schools, the two Arizona schools, it, it's an uphill fight. Riley was really discouraged for the Utes. Like, how are they going to pull that off? Maybe it's something like this, and some kid gives him another look like, ah, it's not that cold, and I might go to a playoff. Maybe he will, and maybe he won't, but if he believes in it, it gets him here, why not? Yeah, okay, you're not going to have everything at the University of Utah. I mean, let's just be realistic here. Everything isn't just going to be we open our doors and all of a sudden a flood of kids are going to come. That's USC. No. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And But what you are going to get is kids from Florida. A Zach Moss is going to come. You're going to get this J.C. Lyman if he gets himself eligible. And they're going to want to flock to you. You're going to get a Jalen Johnson who knows, hey, I can go there. And they put all sorts of DBs into the NFL. Guys who didn't even come to the school as a DB end up leaving as a high draft pick. Sean Smith, to name one. And so there are advantages. You're not. This is not the... Uh, Shangri-La of college football on the, in the western portion of the United States here. So, I mean, let's be realistic about that. But you're certainly going to have more benefits than you do disadvantages. And I actually believe that's the same thing for BYU, too, is that within their framework, now their framework isn't as big as or as wide as Utah's, but within their framework, they're going to have more advantages than disadvantages. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Aggies are opening up at Wake Forest. 15 new players. LSU on the schedule. BYU. The Mountain West schedule. Gary Anderson joining us every week. His first visit next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention. Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Attention fantasy football owners. There are changes. Andrew Luck retiring Saturday night. The big news over the weekend is Stunner. He's only 29 years old. The Colts could have attempted to recoup as much as $24.8 million from Luck, but reached a settlement in which they will not reclaim the money. The New England Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon was removed from the non-football injury list. He's going to be available when the team plays their first game September 8th against the Steelers. Houston Texans running back Lamar Miller tearing the ACL in his left knee in the Texans' preseason game Saturday night against the Cowboys. He is out for the season. Kyle Kuzma is out of the FIBA World Cup. He's got an ankle injury. Greg Popovich leaving him off the team as the U.S. heads to China for next week's World Cup. The Americans bounce back with an 84-68 win over Canada, a game early this morning in their final exhibition contest. Donovan Mitchell had 12 points and four assists in the win. Top of the Wire brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, and no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. The Big Show. 
Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. Do the players ever think about the streak, or is that something they put out of their minds when game time comes around? I think to a certain degree, it's on the team's mind because we're tired of losing. BYU's tired of losing them. BYU wants to be able to come out on top. We might not worry about the exact number of the streak, but BYU's looking to flip it again and, and to get back in the win column. But at the same time, you can't get too caught up in it because if you let it take it outside of your game mentally, it can throw you off despite the energy and the noise. you got to be able to focus and execute and do your job. And whoever does that the best and manages the hype will come out on top. If you've missed any of the Big Show, go to 1280thezone.com. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Late in the night, everybody at the table is all in. Take. They're going to take Step their shot up. here. Five seconds. He Tate. can go. He on can go. Road. He Tate. can do this. He's going to have the That's Arizona and Hawaii. The final play on CBS Sports Network is Khalil Tate. With 10 seconds left, instead of two pass plays, one running play. Start right, looking, looking, just take off, and he gets to the one. And the analyst wouldn't shut up. Holy cow. (laughs) Rick, get out of the way. (laughs) He can do this. He can do this. Holy cow. Gotta jump! Gotta jump! (laughs) Oh, man. All right, know that today at 450. The big show will have fabulous prizes. All right, now let's find out who really sucked. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Who sucked this weekend? We don't usually give it to broadcasters. Lee Corso, come on. This you guy a title game? To the championship game. PK. That what? was over the top. I mean, no, it's it fun. You're right. Have fun with it. But the Utes to the title game. The, the national title game with Alabama. The championship game. Absolutely. Do something, do something different and out of the box. He doesn't really believe that. Uh, I, I disagree on that. I think that he believes it. It's a so-called sleeper pick. And who did we have on? Somebody was saying that uh, there's always one team that nobody picks. Yep. Or is not the universal pick. There's, it's one team that's outside of the top ten. Every year there's a team in the playoff right. that wasn't preseason top ten. So if you go with that mindset, then Utah is as good a pick as anybody. If you go with that mindset, would you agree if you go with that mindset, Utah is as good a pick as so anybody? So if you, if you do go with that mindset, you're, you th- yeah, if you want to throw somebody against the wall, why not Utah? But why not well, Oregon? Not somebody and why not Washington? In the, I mean, you why pick not? somebody I mean, from the second. Can, you can't pick five of them. You pick somebody from the second ten. Hey, these guys. <laughs> oh, At dog, least man. pick them, but not to the final. Not to the <laughs> final. Okay, pick them to the playoff, but not to the title game. Well, 
No, I, I disagree with you, man. I yeah, think right. that it's not just, I'm, okay, I got 10 teams here and pin the tail on the donkey and you spin me around and this is the one. You, I, your complete and total utter disrespect for Utah is appalling. No, and it, I'll go it with it there because me, you can say Washington, you know, is breaking a new quarterback. They're in the second 10. I'm not picking them. Utah's got a senior quarterback. They're in the second 10. I am picking them. It's not pin I, the tail on I, the donkey. I think for the first time in 17 and a half years, I'm ashamed to have my name attached to this show along with yours. No, no, no. (laughs) I tell you, you did throw me a curveball, though. What? When you said we don't usually go with a broadcaster, Uh I actually thought you were going with Doug Gottlieb for his tweet. Oh, on my list. This guy On my list to get to that, yeah. He went after Andrew Luck hard. And then Troy uh, Troy Aikman went right back at Gottlieb. Gottlieb said it was the most millennial thing ever. Like, come on. (laughs) He's 29. Nobody knows how much pain he's feeling, how much pain he's in when he gets up in the morning. He's there's something going on with him and the injuries. He's been in the league seven years, and two of those years he basically didn't play. And now he's given us, you know, the interviews here. Well, it's a little, you know, and it's coming along, and it's a, so it was it was a curveball. It came out of nowhere because he'd kind of been reassuring us it's a calf, and you know, it's a, it, it seemed to be downplaying it. But 29, it's a violent game. You made a ton of money. If you're in pain, why do something that's going to put you in more pain? I mean, at some point, they can't pay you for that. I think it's something different. What's that? I think that it is about the fact that he's a Stanford grad, Mm -hmm. so football means a lot, but it isn't everything. It isn't isn't worth life. And so at 29 years of age, he has the maturity to be able to see that my identity is not wrapped up in playing football, and I've still got – another 50 years or so to live and my quality of life combined with all the things that I could do because of my education and my brains and all that stuff. So I look at it that to me, it's really positive because there's so much more that he can do beyond football. He's probably been playing football since he was eight or nine years old, if not earlier. And so now his body with all the surgeries and whatnot has taken its toll. So he's able to step away. I view this as a huge positive. And I know he left his teammates and this and that, blah, 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 blah. I particularly don't care about any of that stuff. I care about the individual and the fact that he's willing to walk away from it shows me what a balanced life he must have and be able to do other things and whatever he chooses to do, which I have no idea what that is, I knew he got a degree from Stanford. I think he got it in three years, because if I remember correctly, I think he left two years out on the table uh, And as far as college eligibility. People kept calling him a, a junior, but if I remember, I think I'd have to double-check that. I thought he left after he still had two more to go, and here he has this opportunity now to do so much. And Troy Aikman did go out there after him and said it was total BS. I don't know if you saw uh, Kurt Schilling's uh, tweet. Who I didn't see Kurt. No. Well, what a complete a hole. And he spells it out, a hole, the whole word. You call in sick with a cold. This guy snaps in a real NFL game with a lacerated kidney. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good take, actually. He did. He did have the lacerated kidney. That was one of the injuries I saw on the whole list of stuff he's gone through. You know, yeah. So. so Kurt Schilling, who's never been one to mince words, uh, my f- my fellow Arizonian, uh, just going after. God, I, I told my wife about this, and I said, you know, that's why I am determined 
not to use Twitter the way I thought I might originally use it because I could just see myself getting in trouble. It seems so stupid to get in trouble over Twitter, but yet so many folks have that it doesn't make any sense to me. And Gottlieb putting that out there at the time that he put it out there within minutes of the announcement and you see Luck having that press conference and all that stuff. It just doesn't make sense to bring that grief upon. I don't, I don't have any problem with you having an opinion, but I would prefer, if I'm going to have that, not to put it out on Twitter because the printed word stands alone, and essentially Twitter is the printed word, and there's no explanation behind it. If you wanted to go on a talk show and have some background to your thoughts and be able to expand upon them that's one thing but to put that out there it stands alone and it seems at worst it seems at best i should say it seems insensitive and then you've got a you know with the credit card deal that he had at notre dame all these people taking shots at him so for this guy sucks to me this week's winner is not lee corso the anti-David James, I hate Utah because they used to play at San Diego State. I see your motivation. I think I'm not the, over that. this guy sucks is Doug Gottlieb, if I'm going with a broadcaster. Even if I'm not going with a broadcaster, I would go with Gottlieb. And your take on Lee Corso is frankly embarrassing. And uh, I'm going to see if we can come up with a new name of the show because I do not want my name associated with with you on this and people associate us together i was playing golf the other day true story i'm playing golf and it got backed up a little bit at like hole 15 and the guy comes up behind me and he's with a foursome and he looks at me and he just says hi and that's it and then after looking at me some more you know what he says to me he says do you know mr sniggledorf <laughs> And I said, yes. In fact, I know the whole family. They're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so people associate me with you. And frankly, on that take on Lee Corso, I'm embarrassed to have my name associated with you. I want to be clear. I hate all the teams that have ever gone into San Diego and beaten the Aztecs 63-14. to 14. I think it's obvious. There's a list of two teams that have done that. 1979 Cougars and the 2008 Utes. Thanks for nothing, guys. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Today is Monday. By Wednesday, we'll be giving away free stuff. It's called Win Tickets Wednesday. This Wednesday, Blink-182 and Lil Wayne. Did I do that right, PK? Oh, nice. Very good. Blink-182 is hitting the road this summer with Lil Wayne. Celebrating the 20th anniversary of their hit album, Enema of the State. Check them out with... Live with special guest Neck Deep, Monday, September 2nd at the USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your, purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Coming up, we got more reaction. The Utes to the title game. We'll get to that. College football. It's kickoff week. Two games in the books. A whole slate in front of us. The rivalry game Thursday night. Stay with us.